Happy New Year. It's Upworthy Weekly's Top Stories of the Year Countdown, Part 2. Here are your hosts, Allison Rosen and Todd Perry. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Upworthy Weekly Podcast. My name is Todd Perry. I'm a staff writer here at Upworthy, and throughout history, I've done some podcasts in my time, one called Low Budget FM that the kids liked back in the day. Um, what's this Dow all about? One that I do where I talk about Eastern spirituality. Also did a show called Far Out and the Brian Whitman podcast. For those of you from the Los Angeles area who love lovable Brian Whitman, I was his co-host for a very long time on that show. So with me right now is the wonderful Allison Rosen. And of course, you know her from Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Uh, the show Childish with comedian Greg Fitzsimmons. And as we learned last week, a whole host of TV appearances that she has made on uh, the the Chelsea show. What's her name? Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea Lately. I mean, Chelsea. no, no, her name is Chelsea Handler, but the show was Chelsea Lately. Yes. I and, appeared uh, on the news for a while. Greg uh, Gutfeld, right? You're on Greg Gutfeld. Um, Red Eye. Yes. We, we, it was hosted by Greg Gutfeld. Yeah. Yes. So Red Eye, for people who don't know, was this show that came on in the middle of the night on Fox News. And at the beginning, it was very it was it was weird that it was on Fox News because it was this cast of just screwballs. Um, there were a lot of rock musicians who came on, comedians. And it was really more a comedy show than anything. It became more political as the years went by. Uh, but at the beginning, it really was uh, this very bizarre comedy show that got this cult following. And I used to go on that a lot, and that was super fun. So th- they're not inviting you back anymore because they want Jesse Waters on there or something, right? <laughs> I feel like by the end, Jesse Waters probably did appear. Uh, it's not running anymore. It's not running anymore. And then Greg went on to do The Five, and then now he's got his late night show. Um, but people who were fans of Red Eye at the beginning really miss what that show was. Oh. Sort of like how people who are fans of Upworthy Weekly, you guys are getting in in like the salad days of this show because we will become a juggernaut and then we'll sell out. So get in now while it's still pure. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be a couple more weeks before we start becoming this like hardcore right wing uh, <laughs> show. But it- that is the trajectory, yes. Yeah, just because if you look at the news and commentary section of uh, the iTunes charts, it's kind of mm-hmm. funny because it's basically all like hardcore right-wing yeah. shows, and then our show is not political at all, really. And then it's like us. You know, it's like Dan Bongino and like The Blaze and Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro. It's like Upworthy Weekly. Yeah. <laughs> and then the on The best of humanity delivered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's some guy who, like, the whole picture is just a head of a lion on fire, you know? And <laughs> Right. So it's New Year's Day. We hope that everybody right now is hungover and cleaning up from the party they had last night. Uh, I have this image in my head of some kind of champagne comedy starring Tony Randall that happened in people's homes, and they're mm. cleaning up around a guy who's passed out on the floor. <laughs> like, he's he's covered in poppers. And laying there, and there's like some spilt martini glasses, yeah. and you know, some person who's still in the tuxedo from last night is picking up things and cleaning up, but saying, "Hey, even though I'm hungover, I'm going to ring in the new year with my favorite show, Upworthy Weekly." Because I love this image you have of us. Because on today's show, we are counting down number five through number one 
of the most popular stories that Upworthy put out in 2021 so we can completely cleanse our palates and go fresh into 2022, mm-hmm. which is something everybody probably wants to do, I imagine. Yes, wipe the slate clean. Five! Therapist makes adorable videos explaining everything you should know about dog psychology. And this was written by me. Uh, I forget, this was about uh, four months ago. Occupational therapist Taylor Huerta adopted a greyhound named Millie in 2018, and the pair has become quite the hit on social media. Huerta has a bachelor's degree in psychology and a doctoral degree in occupational therapy. So it wasn't long before Millie became one of the subjects of her studies. Psychology is a major aspect of my career and has always been a fascination of mine, she told Bored Panda. After adopting Millie, Huerta realized that her dog was anxious, so she put on her therapist hat and began learning all she could about dog psychology and sharing with everyone on TikTok. So I put a whole bunch of different videos that she does, and but here are the, the major takeaways. Number one, when a dog leans on you, you know, like a dog will get right down and just lean on you, that's mm-hmm. a hug. I love that. Yeah, because sometimes my old dog Murray would do this all the time. He'd just sit and lay on my leg, and I thought he was being sweet. But the thing is, and what she explains in here, which I did not know, is that dogs do not have arms like humans. Mm, you didn't know that. I didn't know that. I thought that they could, if they wanted to, get on their hind legs and embrace Wrap their you. paws around you, yeah. And I wondered why my dog never did. Mm. But this, your dog had been doing it this whole time. I know. Isn't that terrible? He's been saying, I love you. Yeah. And another one is a crotch sniff is a health checkup. Say more. So, you know, all the different... You know, our emotional state is all, in on some levels, just a bunch of hormones and, you know, all this stuff playing around in our brain. And we release those through different areas of our body. At one place, we release our happiness or mm. our sadness or overall emotional well-being is right between the legs. So it's an easy place for a dog, you know, at their height because um, mm. they can't sniff your brain. And plus, there's a skull there. Uh, and they get... <laughs> They get right into um, your crotch, and they know exactly how you're doing. So you may think that you can play off to your dog that you're having a great day and that everything's sunshiny, but one quick sniff of your crotch, and they know exactly where you are and where you've been. That is fascinating. Imagine if humans could do that. It would be not socially acceptable, but still. Yes. I mean, you'd have to clarify before. You'd have to say, excuse me. You know, you just arrive at someone's house and you say, excuse me, may I sniff your crotch? Yeah, it's very dignified. You know, I am just thinking back and I love my dog, Wendy, but she's a small to medium sized dog and not once has she sniffed my crotch. And I'm thinking maybe she doesn't care. Yeah, I know you're wincing. It's imba- it's kind of embarrassing to watch someone come to this conclusion in real time that their dog does not give a flying F about whether they're happy or sad. She's just out for herself. Maybe she's doing so from a distance. <laughs> Are you suggesting it's an overpowering situation? I, w- I want to believe that she's sniffing your crotch. Okay. Th- thank you. Thank I'm, you. 
I'm trying to make you feel better about yourself. I know. Well, does your you have little dogs, right? Do they yeah. sniff your crotch? Uh, Scout, not really. I he's not really into my crotch. You know, what's so he into? A, he actually he goes to like my mouth and face. Yeah. Like depending, you know, like oh, if I had garlic, or he wants to know what I've been eating, and mm-hmm. then maybe a sniff of the foot to make sure that there's not another dog around. But right. Wendy does sit on my lap often, though, so she could be surreptitiously giving the old, the old crotch a check without uh-huh. actually putting her nose right in there. She wants to do it in a dignified way. Yeah, right. So she here's doesn't an interesting... want me to catch her doing it, right, which I respect. Right. That's nice. So here's the interesting thing, and I'll, I'll play the audio for this. When a dog looks at you with a tilted head... They are trying to read your body language and analyzing the tone of your voice. Hmm. I'll play it. Here's something about your dog you might not know. When your dog tilts their head while looking at you, this is because they are trying to read your body language and they are analyzing your tone of voice. So basically when your dog is tilting their head, it's like they're doing a it's like they're doing like a what you talking about Willis. You know, they're a little perplexed or they're really not sure what what you're emoting, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's a good way to make sure, like, how congruent is your body language is to know that if your dog tilts the head, the dog's like, where are you coming from? <laughs> I never thought of it that way. It's so cute when dogs tilt their head. I guess what I'm saying is I like when dogs are confused. That doesn't seem very charitable. Yeah, you shouldn't be happy about that. Mm-mm. It's kind of your fault. Right. Try to think how often Wendy tilts her head. Not that often. I think she gets me. Oh. Because she's sniffing my crotch from across the room. She knows what I'm. She knows how where I am and how I feel. Oh. So, uh, number four coming in at number four. Story by Annie Renault, which ran November 22nd. Professor's hilariously exasperated message to students illustrates how teachers are so done. Uh, so a college student posted screenshots of a professor's message on Twitter with the comment, someone please check on my professor. And the professor posted a message that begins, there is no class tomorrow. I've got some things to take care of regarding this and my other class and my full-time job. I've received countless emails about zeros on assignments, either through errors I've made, you made, or simply people not realizing or knowing they were supposed to turn it in and then realizing in panic they received a zero on it for surprise not turning it in it seems that giving you a free assignment so long as you turn something in created far more chaos than goodwill apologies that's on me and you but also me but also you and that's where it begins to uh, the wheels begin to come off and then he goes on with a bulleted list of requirements for the assignment including after I receive these, I will give you full credit pending the above requisites. I will then promptly print 100 copies of the assignment out, put them in a pile, light that pile on fire and dance around the rubble as it burns. I will then put my hand on the smoldering embers so that I may feel again, feel what you might ask anything, literally anything. I will then sleep like a baby having put this nightmare behind me. Uh, So this naturally went fairly viral. And then eventually he commented on it and was like, I am the professor, and I feel good, and I'm fine. Well, he feels good because he let all that out. (laughs) Exactly. How's his crotch smell, though? I would like to ask his dog. 
smells kind of smoky, like burnt paper and burnt you know. paper assignments. Yeah, you I know, can I, see that. I think we can all relate to that level of frustration. Yeah, I think everybody had a breaking point at some yes. point. Uh, you know, and I I know a lot of people. I think this whole pandemic broke their brains. Mm-hmm. You know, I think. I think I know some people who really kind of lost it during this, and I, I don't blame them. Uh, right. That people had a really intense reaction to what was going on around them. Um, and I think health. Think think how rough it's been on healthcare workers, and now we've got another surge happening. It just feels never ending. To me, it feels never ending, and I'm not near the front line. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I I can't imagine. I mean, just when we were at the point where my wife, who's a school teacher, was teaching on one computer and going back and forth with me, who was having to do my job writing. Mm -hmm. And then we had my son who was on the laptop doing virtual preschool like like that was a great idea. You know, (laughs) he's doing virtual preschool. Uh, But I I think in hindsight, hopefully when all this because, you know, it's just going to blow away. It's going to blow away one day. You know, it's going to blow away. It's going to go um, away, yeah. When it's gone, there will be a lot of things that I kind of remember slightly fondly in a way that maybe people who lived through the Great Depression were like, mm-hmm. we had to cope and we did these things. And now I look back kind of fondly that we did what we had to do and right. had some fun in this. I drew lines time. up the back of my legs because I couldn't get my stockings. Right. You know, that. and. <laughs> <laughs> when I met your mother, she had the straightest lines drawn on a stocking <laughs> I ever seen. She was a lollapalooza, you know. <laughs> Three. <laughs> a casual, candid chat with the Bidens on their morning walk is moving people to tears. And this was uh, last February, a little while after the Bidens took office. And this was an extremely uh, popular post. And it was of a video. Uh, If you remember, right around Valentine's Day, Jill Biden put some of those big candy hearts on the White House lawn that said um, love, gratitude, compassion, family. And it was really just kind of a cute fake news, sad exclamation point. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no. And so it had, uh, yeah, there's just a whole bunch of positive stuff that they had on the white house lawn. And one morning, Dr. Joe Biden and the president, Joe Biden and their dogs, champ and major back when champ was allowed at the white house, was it champ that bit somebody major back when major was right. Well, now they have a new puppy named commander and major is going to live with some family friends, but people are losing their minds over that. And then the people they're losing their minds like, Oh sure. So now you're teaching major that love is conditional. (laughs) Okay. And then other people are saying, listen, it's not fair to keep a dog in a high stress environment. Major is not doing well in the high. He's in the white house. What do you expect them to do? And so then, they're like they're being responsible pet owners by rehoming him. But I mean, there's a lot of meat on the bone of this issue. I'm going to take a breath. <laughs> and so as they're kind of walking around the uh, the hearts, uh, there's some reporters outside and the Bidens go and walk over to them. And they asked Dr. Joe Biden what inspired her to have the display made. And she said, I just wanted some, you know, joy. And I think things have been... Just everybody's feeling a little down, so it's just 
And when asked uh, if he had a message for the American people, Joe Biden said, There's hope. You just have to stay strong. A lot of people have gone through unbearable suffering. Lost their families, lost their children, lost their husbands, wives, moms, dads. And it's almost unbearable. The only thing I can say to them is that they're still in your heart. Think about them in your heart. They really are. And... Then, I guess he had a cup of coffee that he hadn't drank yet, and he gave it to a reporter. And this was... so That's so thoughtful, but everyone knows, everyone has a different way they take coffee. And, like, what if this was coffee with with saccharin and flavored creamer, and that guy or who the reporter takes their coffee black? No one brings up that issue. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted Splenda. <laughs> you're, you're right. And who knows how Joe Biden takes his coffee. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he's just a black coffee kind of guy. Probably. He seems that way to me. And if yeah. he wasn't, I'd judge him. If he like drank Hawaiian coffee or something mm. like the flavored coffee or right. anything with like uh, like a, a nutty syrup in it. Yeah. Uh, right. Like a hazelnut chai or something. Yeah, that would be disturbing to me. I, I would judge him. But he gave the coffee over to the reporter instead of berating the reporter or throwing the reporter out of the White House grounds. And it was a moment where you could contrast that with the previous president. And regardless of what you p- think about these people um, politically, it showed that the Bidens were decent people. And it wasn't this combative thing where at the center of American life you have something combative going on. You just had a couple taking their dog for a walk, and they seem like they love each other, and she's not slapping his hand away. And it just seemed like a nice, (laughs) genuine moment of peace after a whole bunch of just kind of chaos. She's not wearing a jacket with a snarky message on it on the back. That happened, and so I guess that's the reason why so many people shared this story, and it was one of the most popular stories of the year, was because people just wanted this sense of normalcy. Yes, it was nice to not feel that ire over this guy's tweets, et cetera, all that. It, it was nice for, and those four years, there was, it was felt so unusual in many ways. Um, and so it was nice to feel like we were returning to normalcy. Cool. So number two, we are re- we're in the, the final two. This is the home stretch. Jimmy Fallon asked his viewers why their family is weird. And here are 17 of the funniest responses. This is by Todd Perry. Ooh. Do you know him? He's the king of good news. Todd Perry. That's a name I have not heard in a long time. Oh, what happened to that guy? A long time. And it ran on November 30th. So it's interesting that you haven't heard of him in a long time because he seems like it, he was active less than a month ago. Haven't heard his name in a long time. So Jimmy Fallon asked people to weigh in on Twitter uh, with the hashtag my family is weird. And then Todd, the guy that you haven't heard of in a long time, he sort of he was a legend. And then he just disappeared. It's crazy. Never heard it of got him? T- I think the game he, he took himself out of the game. It got to be too much for him, you know. Um 
he compiled some of, some of the funniest ones, and then I compiled some of the funniest ones that he had compiled. So these are my faves. Uh, okay, so a guy said, when I was just starting, these are tweets, when, my, when I was just starting high school, my older brother rode the bus with me. He bent over to pay and get off the bus when he split his shorts down the middle. No underwear on for everyone to see. He turned to me and said, I get to wear the underwear tomorrow. <laughs> that is, uh, it's fast. That's pretty quick, especially at a time when your your head is filled with complete embarrassment. Totally. Uh, okay, so everything's so here's another another one. Every Thanksgiving, my family hides a sweet potato in the house. Whoever finds it first gets twenty dollars and a six pack of Miller High Life. That's fun. I, this this feels like some Great Depression good times. <laughs> yes, to your point. Are we living through another Great Depression? Uh, okay, someone wrote, this one is amazing. My grandmother lost her dentures once, and we spent four hours searching the house for them before she remembered she had put them in her bra. Oh. <laughs> Little something about me. Yeah. I never put things that don't belong there in my bra. I think a lot of people do because I couldn't find my phone one time and someone said, could it be in your bra? And I thought I've never put my phone in my bra. I don't put money in my bra. I don't put my phone in my bra. I don't put change in my bra. I don't put credit. I don't put cards, credit or, or, uh, other kinds of, I don't have like a coffee punch card in my bra. <laughs> I don't have a I, pen in there. I once knew this gal that I work with when I was selling refrigerators at Sears named yes. Rukshana. And Rukshana was hilarious. And one day I was going up to the, you know, to, to wherever, like the employee break room or whatever. And she, she wanted to get a bag of chips. So she goes, oh, Todd, can you give me a bag of chips? I said, sure, great. And then she reached into her bra and she pulled out some money. And then she point, pointed to one breast and she said, checking. And the other breast and said, savings. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, so I have just stuck a pen and my phone, pen on one side, phone on the other. And I feel like they don't feel very secure. The pen seems okay, but the phone is not going to stay there. Yeah, if, I feel like if you have a, you have to work up a little bit of a bra sweat if you're going to keep the phone in there because you have that rubbery phone protector. And I right. feel like if you, if you add something a little viscous between yourself and that, you know, maybe if you didn't shower for a couple of days, then maybe you could get that to stick in there. That sounds so uncomfortable. Well, it's what you got to do if you don't have a purse or if you don't have any pockets in your pants. And what are you going to do? Does your wife carry items in her bra? No, no, not at all. I've, I haven't I, seen her. I haven't caught yeah. her. She hasn't like whipped out an ID at any moment right. or, you know. If you keep stuff in your bra, we're talking keys, bus fare, we want to hear about it. Upworthy Weekly at Upworthy.com. Let us know. Is there a protractor in there? Is there a compass? Is there a scientific calculator? You know, what, what have you? Extra, extra pair of shoelaces. I feel like men who have pocket protectors, they have them because they don't have bras. Like, imagine if, if men had bras, then, you know, like people have the George Costanza wallet. Like, I've been known yeah. to do that where I just keep shoving things in there. Same. I think I might, if I had a, a brassiere on, I might start keeping things in there. Yeah. Um, because also it's easy to get to versus reaching all the way down to a pocket. All the all the way down. Where's your hand normally? Do you do you hold your hand aloft like normally. near your head? Yeah, normally I just <laughs> walk around. If you do walk around in a like someone yelled freeze position, then I understand that traveling all the way down to your pockets 
would be exhausting. I started utilizing the uh, front shirt pocket recently. If you see right here, I have an Oxford shirt on. I do. And just recently, I, used to, I started shoving pens in there and like grocery lists. And mm. so then I go in there for the grocery list and pull it out. And I'm like, is this an old man move? Oh, yeah. It, but that's it's, old- it, I think so. But I think it's okay. Okay. I I give that I give that a pass because it's functional and I like that you're carrying a grocery list. You, but maybe other, you need a pocket uh, protector. Yeah, well, I, I I should protect it really. I don't want to get ink all over my Oxford shirt. Exactly. So Jimmy Fallon himself tweeted one. He said, "My friend's family has a massive group text and then a bunch of smaller group texts to gossip about what happens in the big group text." Two comments. One, that is relatable but incredibly dangerous because you oh. are going to accidentally tweet the wrong group. I mean, text the wrong group. Second of all, do you have the same reaction I do, which is like, sure, it's your friend. Sure. That sounds like you. Yeah, that sounds exactly like Jimmy Fallon and his family are doing that because <laughs> my yes. wife's family does it. They have the group text and it always devolves into a fight. No matter what, it just always becomes somebody says something and then somebody gets political for no reason. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I don't know, somebody's gifts delayed for Christmas because of whatever. And it's like, that's the problem in Biden's America. You can't oh, get boy. anything to the port. And then somebody yells back, oh, no, no, it's the supply chain. And then I'm like, oh, my God, get me off. How do you get me off of this, please? Like, I want to run. <laughs> and uh, that's what it becomes. So I understand having... A second one develops where they're like, oh, my God, did that person just say that? Yeah, and then you got to send a screen grab, but you're going to send it to the wrong group. I know, yeah. Oh, the errant text is a bad one. I once had a friend randomly send me a text that was like, but I've been thinking so much about you, and you're all I really care about in life and everything. And I was like, you okay, bro? <laughs> sorry, sorry, man. He was really <laughs> groveling to this chick, man. It was like, oh, boy. But anyway, so... Allison Rosen, if you yes. were to respond to this hashtag, uh, reason why your family is weird, what would it be? Oh, you, you, would, you would think I would have one at the ready. Um, so this is not fun, but it is sort of weird. What time does your family eat Thanksgiving dinner? I think we usually say it's going to be four, but it ends up being like 530. You know, it's just oh. things take longer and the turkey's right. not ready. We're running around. And my mom's hovering over my wife and she's getting upset, but not telling her and telling me. And, you know. Yeah, we eat Thanksgiving dinner uh, or growing up. I mean, it's someday I will host Thanksgiving at my house and do my own traditions. But for now, we still are. Go, we go to my parents um, and Thanksgiving dinner is like at normal dinner time. So it's like 730. There's no attempt. I think there has been some attempts to make it earlier, but somehow it never is earlier. But I feel like a lot of families have Thanksgiving dinner around two o'clock. It's yeah, more like a lunchtime. You know, People, what time do you have Thanksgiving dinner? Upworthy Weekly at Upworthy.com. Yeah, but also I think it's weird that you said that you normally eat dinner at 730. I understand normally eating dinner at 730 if you're going out to dinner, mm-hmm. but I feel like an in-home dinner should happen around... Six fifteen, because you you have children, and unless you put yes. the kids to bed and then have dinner, that sounds kind of awkward to me. That, that- no, they okay. 
We have not graduated to us all having family dinner yet, even though I really wish we did. So they have dinner at six and then we put them to bed and then we finish doing our stuff. And then Daniel and I eat dinner separately. Well, I I was just thinking that if you were, in fact, eating at 730 with your children at night, I was going to have to secretly join the sanctimonious Mothers of Los Angeles (laughs) group that you're in and maybe run it up the group and say, is it okay that, quote, a friend of mine... Uh, feeds her children so late, and next, no wonder it's why they look so sleepy <laughs> and cold. That's right. Um, I feel like in Europe they probably in Europe they eat late. I don't know if their children eat late as well. The children are drunk, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> What's a weird thing that your family does? Uh, I think it's weird that like okay, so. You know, having grown up in the Los Angeles area, I grew up in the South Bay. Um, my mom, single parent, didn't really drive. Wow. Which is a weird way to live when you live in Los Angeles because she was from Chicago. And so she mm-hmm. took, you know, took the L everywhere or horseback, whatever they do in Chicago. <laughs> um, but so Let the wind blow them back and forth. Yes, yeah, so it's a very strange thing where my mom only drove on the freeway to church or Dodger Stadium. So it was very weird in that growing up like in basically the L.A. area, in like Los Angeles proper pretty much, um, you could see the Hollywood sign from our house, but yet you had no concept of actually living in a big metropolitan area because we didn't go anywhere. So how so, did you guys get around? She would or drive, but only close places like she'd go up to like the mall in Redondo Beach or whatever Mm. or you know and and that was it so it was always a weird thing of like we just didn't go anywhere you know um so that was and my mom's still that way and she takes the side streets to come see her grandson is she just a uh, uh, is she just not comfortable driving she's like she's kind of anxiety ridden person Mm -hmm. so she's not comfortable driving so that was always a weird thing. It's like, oh no, my mom's not driving anybody anywhere. Like, and then then you you kind of you have to organize your whole life around it, and you don't realize it until you like get married to somebody, and then your wife's like, "What the hell's going on here? This is weird," you know. Right. And then my other family, my dad and stepmother. My dad is from West Virginia, and my stepmother's from New Jersey. So just if you just go geographically strange combination of human beings to be in the same room and living together, uh, you have, yeah. And so that's always been funny, but I didn't really realize it because I was raised in it. And then when I'm explaining it to my wife, like one's a very body Jersey girl and the other one said, quote, the first time my wife ever talked to my dad, we were on vacation in Europe and. I said, I was calling my dad. She goes, I want to talk to your dad. I go, okay. And then he says, y'all taking good care of my boy. And my wife was like, who the hell, what is this all about? <laughs> not what I expected. Not <laughs> not from Todd Perry, you know, who talks like probably, I probably sound like Polly Shore to people who aren't from around here, right? <laughs> sound like a total LA kid. But my my dad dropped that on her and she was like, what? <laughs> um. I have one one more fun story about my family. Do you know that game? Um, there's different names for it, but I've heard it called Ghost, where um, I some date po- people w- and then I don't call them back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yes. What a, my fam- what a fun game. Uh, no, you go around in a circle and each person says a letter. So like I, I say A and then the next person says a letter and they have to have a word in mind. So they could say P, you know, and then the next person and, and you're trying not to let the word end on you. So the next person would not want to say E because that's a word. You'd want to say, I don't know, you know, uh, something where the word can keep going without the word ending on you. If the word ends on you, then you get a G and then next time you get an H and then, and so you try not to get, not to spell the word ghost. Um, and someone can call your bluff and you have to say what word you're thinking of. So you can't just make up letters. So anyway, we used to play this game, but, and I think this was my dad's idea. It would just be complete, completely absurd. Any string of letters, if someone wanted to call your bluff, you could say whatever. And it was just this like weird group agreed upon. We it, like we agreed upon the anarchy of it. So someone would be like, oh, that's not a word. You get a letter. And then it was just like, OK, it was it was almost like a full family improv bit. But it was fun. OK, that sounds funny. But I, but I feel like if if Daniel walked in on that for the first time, your husband, he was probably like, is this what they do before they make me run for my life? Is, is, right. Is this what happens before, like in the movie, uh, Ready or Not, where now we're going to play hide and seek till dawn and shall you survive? You can have my wife, my daughter's hand in marriage. You know. <laughs> yes. Daniel, if he walked in on that, would be confused. But then I think he would get on board. Are you ready? I For, am I? I don't know. How does one know? I think I am. N- number one most popular one. story on Upworthy in 2021. Oh my god. Can I get a drum roll? One Dramatic video shows a woman confronting a harasser at the gym. This was by Todd Perry. I know him. He disappeared a while ago. I think it was in October I did this. A video on TikTok posted by Chelsea Gleason has more than 12 million views because of the way she assertively told a man who was harassing her to get away. Gleason was filming herself lifting weights when a man approached her, attempting to strike up a conversation. She ignored him and was wearing earbuds, but the man didn't get the point. I was just trying to work out when this happens, a voiceover says in the video taken at a Crunch Fitness gym. I never met this guy, and he's been harassing me for months. Finally, Gleason has enough and snaps at the man. Don't come near me, she said confidently as she dropped her weights and took a step back. The man immediately turned and briskly walked away. You could tell she got her point across because he looked like he wanted to get out of there fast. And uh, I'm going to play the audio real quick, and you can just kind of hear her exclaim at him. I've never met this guy, and he's been harassing me for months. My girlfriend, the friends, they changed the dude. They changed the personality. This time I kept my headphones in and tried to ignore him. And I think this was the most popular story of the year because the video is so dramatic and it's almost like watching animals in the wild. (laughs) Like she is like firm, confident, puts her foot down and it's like 
a lion roaring at mm-hmm. something, and then this guy meekly, almost like if he had a tail, it would be between his legs. He kind of scrounches up, he makes himself small, and he kind of walks away looking back like, oh my God, is she going to kill me? And he just shrivels up like he just lacks any kind of spine or backbone, and it's exactly the response a total creep would have <laughs> to to this. Um, and obviously, like, you know, if the guy was just trying to be nice or whatever and she yelled at him, then he might stand there and look kind of quizzical, like, why are you getting mad at me? I was just trying to start a conversation. But somebody who knows they have an ultimatum and they're trying to hit on somebody uh, and they know they're not up to... Good, you know, they're kind of up to no good. The guy had that body language, like, oh, I got caught versus she's overreacting. Right, right. Crazy that he had been bothering her for months. Yeah, and then she finally just like, get away from yeah. me, and yells at him. Yeah. So I remember I found this video on TikTok, and sometimes doing this job, you know, there's all different ways we find stories you know sometimes it's like oh there's somebody I want to interview I'm going to do that and we go down the you know kind of do something journalisty or here's something I've really been interested in that I want to write about and sometimes you just see a great video somewhere and you're like okay we need to share this Uh, a sometimes you think people need to know about this people need about know about this woman who stood up Two, you're just going to be like, people are going to love this and this is really empowering. Or maybe, you know, three, this is really entertaining. But sometimes something comes across the desk you see and you go, yeah, that's going to go viral. Like, that's going to be big. And as somebody who's kind of been in the business of making things go viral for quite some time, you get your spidey senses tingle when you see something. And when I found the video, I looked around to find more information on it, and I found that nobody really had been sharing it besides just on TikTok. Mm-hmm. So Upworthy was one of the first people to get that out in story form and to do a little background on it. And I think that's one of the reasons why it kicked off also, because we were one of the first publications you, to get to you it. You led. Yeah, look at that. So That's why Todd Perry is the king of good news. Because right. he knows. That's why he's the king of good news, bringing you stories of men harassing women. Because I'm at the front of the funnel of That's right. the internet. Yeah. And w- one of the funny things is actually about having my job is I kind of see everything that goes on on the internet. And I'm pretty good at knowing every story that's going viral or kind of what people are looking at online. I have a pretty good idea of that. So most times when someone goes, have you seen? Um, yeah, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, right. You know, do you ever uh, do you ever take? A, well, wait a minute, though. You only look at your phone like an hour or two a day, right? Mm-hmm. So is most of this happening on a desktop computer or are yeah. you just very efficient? OK, yeah. Do you I ever just, like unplug for a few days and then come back and think what's going on? No, I, I no, I won't unplug for that long. Maybe if I, I go on vacation, but I'll still I'll still cheat and look at Twitter a little bit. So, yeah, as someone who has a really bad phone addiction, I respect that. I respect that you don't ever unplug. So what was your opinion? Because I know you saw this video before with this woman yelling at the man. What was your take on it? I, when I first watched it, it was interesting because when I first saw it, I thought, how did she know for sure that he was harassing her? I didn't immediately have the reaction that he was 
Um, and then, it, you know, I, I learned that he had been harassing her for months. And also his reaction, like you said, was that of someone who what had nefarious business. Like he wasn't. And then I thought to myself, I mean, just you're asking my, this is my very personal reaction. I thought, wow, is my spidey sense that bad that a lot of people looking at this see clearly that he is up to no good and I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt and what 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 is wrong with me that I didn't immediately clue into what they're all cluing into that was my personal reaction to it so you have a bad creep radar is what you're saying I guess I do um I don't know that I always do but remember that other video that was very popular um, of the college woman surprising her boyfriend? She walks in and surprises him, and he's on the couch with two other women, and everyone was like, something weird is going on. He's you know romantically involved with one of the other women. And some people felt like it was overblown. But that one I did have, I, I agreed, like, no, there's something here. I didn't see that. You didn't? No, I didn't oh, look I th- that up. Yeah, was that one not on Upworthy? I don't think at so, all? no. I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, yeah, that was like, you know, that was this video before this video or after this video. It was a big deal where everyone was, there was a lot of speculation that this guy's no good because he's acting in like a shady manner. He does. He's not popping up off the couch. He doesn't seem excited to see his girlfriend. And then he and the girlfriend both released these videos saying like, we're happy, we're fine, you people are crazy, but I don't think they are. I would like to know how they're doing right now. It's that thing where, like, uh, a woman will know when she's with her man or whatever, and another woman comes around that, oh no, mm-hmm. he needs to, she needs to stay away. Yeah. Right. Not necessarily if if that guy's being flirtatious or whatever, but can 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 smell it on the other woman. That, it's just a uh, vibe. In the same way that a dog sniffs a crotch and knows, we just have a feeling and we just know. And sometimes, but but to go back to this video, now that I've painted myself as someone who lacks basic street smarts um i was happy when she stood up for herself i really liked that yeah and i think the video was a great example to people uh, everywhere about this is how you handle it when some creep is giving you a hard time yeah so i'd like to thank everybody for listening to upworthy weekly this year and uh, if you haven't yet please leave us a review uh Obviously on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts. Leave us a review. Subscribe. Uh, That's how you can send us into the new year, uh, making sure that we stick around. So, Allison Rosen, thank you so much for being uh, such a wonderful person to work with this year. You too. I've had such a blast doing this show. I look forward to many, many more episodes. That's right. So, once again, you guys have a happy new year, and we'll talk to you soon. Upworthy Weekly was produced by Todd Perry. Follow Upworthy on all socials at Upworthy. Allison is on Twitter at Allison Rosen. And Todd at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Questions, comments, or to tell us about your amazing week, email us at UpworthyWeekly at Upworthy.com. I'm Marley Balin. Have a great week.